we're thinking about serving one another this morning. And as I was thinking about coming to be with you today, um, I was just asking the Lord what to share. And he reminded me of a childhood memory um, that when we were kids, every year, around about November, we would head up to the very north coast of Scotland and visit a great aunt, great aunt Marjorie. And great aunt Marjorie lived all alone in a big rambling house. She was probably a bit eccentric and a bit reclusive. That's maybe where I get it from. Um, but she um, was just such an extravagant woman. You came to the door and she met you with this big, my darlings, arms outstretched. And she'd be just, you know, embracing you with a big smooch on the, on the cheek. And then she'd grab the other cheek, you know, and give it a big, uh, a big shake. Um, maybe you could adopt that as your new greeting. <laughs> Greet one another. Um, so th- that memory sort of lives on. She, was, she also was an amazing woman that she'd served in the Queen Alexandra Nursing Corps. During World War II, she'd been based in, in North Africa. Uh, and upstairs in their house, this huge big house, loads and loads of rooms, one of them kept all of her artifacts and souvenirs that she'd brought back from North Africa. So there were shields and there was African masks and skins that were probably totally illegal to bring. Well, maybe not in those days. Um, but the Lord just gave me that memory of that extravagance. Um, and I just really wanted to encourage you today that I just feel... You know, this is an ext- a, a, a body of people who know how to express the extravagant love of God. You really do. Um, I just feel that the Lord wants to encourage you that you do really, really well in this area. Um, that you're a body and a community who know how to be extravagant. Just listen to what you're doing and you're involved with what you're opening your hearts to and how the Lord is using you on your front lines and within each other as you know this body as well. Um, I think to express that prodigious and extravagant and uh, over-the-top service is really displaying the glories of the Lord and the world sees it. And the world sees Christ in you. So I wanted to bring that. And I wanted to to say, be encouraged. I also feel, you know, that there are rooms here among you stuffed with treasures uh, that are born out of battle as well. And that the Lord uh, wants you to fling wide open those doors and share them out. Because you've learned a lot. You've walked a lot. uh, And you have the treasures that Holy Spirit has imparted you as a group that he wants you to share. Uh, Isaiah 58 verse 10 came to mind when I was thinking about all of this and it says, if you open your heart to the hungry and you provide abundantly for those who are afflicted, your light will shine in the darkness and your gloom will be like noon. And so I said, okay, Lord, (laughs) obviously they've got that down really well. (laughs) I don't need to come here today and tell you how to do that. So, Lord, what do you want me to bring? What, what aspect of serving one another do you want me to share today? And as I waited on the, the leading of, of the Lord, uh, I was really struck by something, and I, ho- I really trust this was the Holy Spirit, that there's one critical difference between Aunt Marge and us here today, 
one critical difference um, between us all sitting here today and her. Has anybody got any ideas? Apart from the fact she's dead, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not, okay. Um, anybody any ideas? Absolutely. <laughs> she could really afford to be extravagant. Probably we were the only main event in the whole year, you know, we would come to see her. Um, she lived all alone really reclusive. Her nearest neighbour was miles away. She lived in this huge big garden that had a big wall around it. Uh, and, uh, you know, she could really afford to be extravagant when we called with her. That's not us. We, um, today, uh, live in community. You know, we, we daily know the needs of one another and the world that's out there. We daily... Uh, have all of the, this awareness of, of great need. And we're bumping into each other, rubbing up and down, you know, uh, up against each other with needs and concerns and hopes and dreams. We have conflicts of interests. We have different goals and different opinions. We're interdependent and we're interconnected with one another. That's what we've chosen, isn't it? We've chosen to do that because that's what the Lord has called us, how to live in community as a body. That's really a lot harder <laughs> than living all on your own in the north coast of Scotland, uh, miles from anywhere. I know you're not allowed to go there, okay? You're not allowed, you have to say. Um, so in this context, um, I wanted to just ask yourself some questions, and I asked myself these questions as well as I was preparing. How can we maintain extravagant service uh, for the long term? day in, day out, week in, week out, without becoming dried up, burnt out, weary, frustrated, angry, disappointed. I wonder, can we ask that another, another way? Is it, is that a, uh, an, an expectation that can be fulfilled? Well, I believe it is. It's not only a realistic goal, but it, it's an absolute imperative of, as the body of Christ to show this extravagant Jesus in our midst. But I want to share one aspect of something that I believe has been really helpful for me, and, and I hope to share this with you as well, to how to reach your full potential as a local expression of Christ in all of his extravagance. How do we reach that full potential without compromising extravagance, but also without actually burning out <laughs> along the journey? And my text for today is Galatians 5, verse 13. It's just that one verse. We'll look at a couple of other verses in a minute. It says, uh, this is the New Living Translation. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your flesh. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And it was just that little bit today, that little phrase, use your freedom in order to serve one another in love. Use your freedom in order to serve one another in love. So I want to highlight those two things, freedom and love. And you'll notice in that verse that freedom is a prerequisite to serving in love. In other words, we first have to find our freedom before we're truly serving in love. Um, we have to find our freedom from anything that binds us 
in order to, for it to be love we're serving it. See, the alternative is that we're bound to serve in any other motivation other than love. True, authentic, life-giving service, not just to the one receiving it, but to the one that's giving it as well, is freely given in love. Freely given in love. That's what's sustainable. That's what builds each other up. That's what creates a mature, fruitful um, community who are very fruitful indeed. If it's not freely given, it won't be motivated by love. And remember, when we were here last time, just how important God places, the, uh, how, how much he values motives. And that, that's what he really is looking for. Uh, what's, what's our motivation? In my experience in 10 years with Freedom in Christ, I've had the, the privilege of sitting with many Christians as they seek to, to uh, get right with the Lord and deal with the things that uh, they find uh, help get, have got them stuck or struggling. And I have witnessed so much burnout and dryness and weariness in Christians' lives, much more than is good. Uh, and lovely dear Christians trying to serve out of motivations of I have to, I should do, I need to, this is what I should be doing, uh, rather than freely giving it in love. And it leaves them empty, and I don't know whether the, the recipient gets blessed or not either. Service in love is going to be freely given. It's my worship response to Jesus, not necessarily to that person, because I know how freely Christ has given to me. And also how he comes to me, and I go to, the other, to other people in the same way. Service in love, it requires, uh, it doesn't require or expect any repayment. It's under no compulsion or duty to give. Service and love genuinely considers one another as more important than myself. It doesn't seek to serve in order to feel better about me. It's not given so that I can earn love and in return and it's not given so that I can be elevated in, in others eyes I wonder does any of these motives sound familiar to any of us me I mean when I was preparing this it was just like the Lord was just speaking right into me so I'm preaching in here today are we freely serving in love How can we as a community help each other to serve one another in love? It's going to take a corporate response together. And I believe the answer lies in following some biblical principles for knowing who's responsible for what. You know, in serving one another in love. Helping each other to identify and get rid of unrealistic and unbiblical expectations of one another. You see, someone once said that freedom is only freedom if you're free to say no. Freedom is only freedom if you're free to say no. And the true test of our freedom, I really believe, is not that I'm free to do anything I want, but the true test of our freedom is, can I stop it? 
as a community of biblically-based believers, as God's people, we must be free to operate in that freedom to say no to unbiblical expectations that we all receive and probably we all put on one another as well. God will give abundant grace for what is our responsibility. But when I try to assume someone else's responsibility, the grace isn't there. However well-meaning my intention. So the key question for me then and for us, I think, is what can I rightly expect others to do for me in their service? of love for me and what is my own responsibility that nobody can do and I have no right to expect anybody else to do for me this is so helpful the Bible talks so much about different responsibilities within the context of our relationship with him and our relationship with each other we both have responsibilities for one another for ourselves, rather, and to one another. So further on in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, we read, carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So I believe that saying that those are our responsibilities to others, that we're to carry one another's burdens. But on the other hand, we read in verse 5, a bit later on, it says, each one should carry his own load. This is where it talks about responsibilities for ourselves. That's my bit. That, this is where it can get a bit confusing sometimes, isn't it? What's the difference between those two things? Well, one of the best illustrations that I have come across uh, in trying to work this all out with the Lord and with one another as, uh, as a, a community, a living in community, uh, I, and I, I've heard this illustration given for the difference between a load, what is my responsibility, and a burden, what is sharing corporate responsibility. Our load is that daily lot of God-given responsibilities that each of us has to carry. It's like a rucksack. That's the picture of your, your load. Carry your own load. It is uh, easily carried, but we must carry it ourselves. We have no right for somebody else it takes back somebody else to pick up our rucksack because they're going to have their own rucksack to carry as well but the word in the in, in the text there for burden on the other hand in verse 2 it denotes the idea of an excessive weight an excessive burden it's not just your daily load of responsibility this is that crushing weight that comes like a boulder falling on you in times of crisis or of tragedy in our lives and we the bible has has told us clearly that we're not meant to carry that all by ourselves if we do we just live in perpetual pain we need to be able to share those things and at times like that god's word is very clear that, to say that we are responsible to deny ourselves, to uh, show the sacrificial love of God and to pick up each other's burdens and to carry them. 
And so denying each, each other help or saying no to those burdens is not Christ-like or it's not biblical. So in times of crisis or tragedy, when those crushing burdens fall, we go to each other and we help carry that. And you do that so well. That is uh, displayed so Christ-likely among you. But what we want to focus on here today is, what's my backpack? What's my rucksack today? That's the bit that I feel the Lord wants me to bring today. Let's make it practical, will we? What's in my rucksack? Uh, Romans 14 verse 4 says, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, the servant will stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. You see, each one of us who know the Lord personally, we have these, our own unique relationship with the Lord. We are children to a father. We are a bride to a bridegroom. We are servant to a master. And each one of us are responsible for our own walk with the Lord. That's a foundational biblical principle, isn't it? At first hearing that sounds, yep, I know all that. That's absolutely true. Uh, I am responsible for my own walk with the Lord. Each one of us are responsible for our own walk with the Lord. But actually that is really quite profound. See, God holds us as individuals responsible for where we are right now with a, in our walk with him. You see, we may wish to deflect the blame for maybe a lack of intimacy or fellowship or growth in our own lives. It would be great if I could do that. Maybe because of poor role models or maybe because of really difficult circumstances or people in our lives. And we want to pass that rucksack of responsibility on to somebody else. But the Lord won't let us do that. The principle remains that each one of us is responsible for our own walk with the Lord. Our backpack is ours. Each of us is responsible for our own spiritual development in partnership with the Lord. Each of us is for our own character growth. That's in my rucksack. Each of us for our own attitudes, uh, our own emotions, and our own behaviors. That's in my rucksack. You see, God holds us responsible because we have been given everything we need for life and godliness already. I'm going to show that we slide. I came across this we, we slide as well. And maybe you can't see it, what it says, but it says uh, these wee guys are sitting around in a small group, and she says, well, I actually haven't died to sin, but I did feel kind of faint once. <laughs> I don't know, I think that's probably quite like a lot of us. This is something else the Lord has done for us. You know, we may feel, ah, oh, sin, my goodness. Uh, yeah, maybe I feel faint now and again to it, but I haven't actually died to it. But one of the things the Lord has done for us is he put us to death with Christ and he raised us up a whole new creation. Because we've died with him, we've also died to sin. So not only has he given us everything we need for life and godliness, not only has he actually 
uh, given us the place where we have died. We're not ruled. We're not under the mastery of sin anymore. We've also been given the same power that raised Christ from the dead. We don't need any more power in our lives. We have been seated in that place of spiritual authority, high over all the works of the enemy in our lives. Why, why does God hold me responsible? Well, we've been indwelt by the Holy Spirit who enables us to live in that higher law of liberty rather than the law of sin and death. He has already not just made this possible to live victoriously with him, but he has made it abundantly and extravagantly so. But unless we actually take up our responsibility to partner with him, we don't go anywhere. We're stuck. You see, no one can confess for me. No one can renounce stuff for me. No one can forgive for me. No one can submit. No one can believe for me. No one can renew my mind other than me. That's in my rucksack. I can't give that to anybody else. Nobody can do that for me. That's what the Lord holds me responsible for. And I wonder, as I thought about this, I wonder, have we or have I been trying to pick up somebody, uh, or sorry, to, to get others to carry my rucksack? You see, sometimes when my emotions feel like they're just going to overwhelm me, like anger or fear or grief, or maybe when my behavior stinks, do I want to lay the blame on somebody else and say, you make me feel, or whatever? Or if only they hadn't done that, I wouldn't have felt I needed to do that. That's passing on my rucksack. Or do I allow my emotions to drive me away from Jesus? You know, instead of coming to him, allowing those emotions to drive me to Jesus, where I'll give him time to speak to my soul. Have I ever asked someone to pray for me on an issue or a struggle of my life? But I'm not actually taking up my responsibility to seek the Lord for myself, to hear what he would say into that situation for me. That's passing on my rucksack. Do I compromise on what I believe the Lord is saying to me or calling me or asking me to do because I think others would be angry or wouldn't really get it? That's passing on my rucksack. Do you know that their anger is their responsibility, not yours? It's good to know that. Maybe I'm going to be picking up somebody else's rucksack. Maybe that's what I love to do, and that's the way I, I, I operate, and I'm, I've been trying to pick somebody else's rucksack up. What, do, what would that look like? Well, do I feel responsible for someone else's spiritual development? Do I feel guilty or condemned about not praying enough? About not visiting enough? About not being available enough? And if they stumble or fall, do I feel bad or even frustrated or maybe angry with them for tripping and falling? See, their, their spiritual walk with the Lord is their responsibility. My spiritual walk with the Lord is my responsibility. I can't pick theirs up, and they can't pick mine up. 
If these motives drive us like fear or guilt or shame, we will try to pick somebody else's rucksack up and it won't be freely serving in love. And one of the, the results of that is a lot of burnout and a lot of dryness. You see, problems arise in a spiritual community like this one and like wherever we, we meet together. When we treat our loads like a burden and we try to hand them over to other people and expect them to carry them for us. God doesn't give us the grace to carry somebody else's rucksack. We've got our own and it's too much to take on someone else's rucksack as well as our own. We need to be free to be able to pick up somebody else's burden. That's our responsibility. But surely you may be thinking, it's not loving to say no. <laughs> That's not a loving thing to do. Uh, when somebody tries to pass on their rucksack to me, it's not a loving thing to say no. Well, let's ask ourselves some questions. Am I more able to help them grow than Jesus? Can I bring about spiritual transformation in their lives? Can I cause them to develop their love relationship with the Lord? Can I cleanse and forgive them from sin? You see, the problem is if we keep taking on other people's responsibilities, they will keep looking to us, to me, and not to Jesus. And I'm going to let them down, and you will let them down. If we encourage them to go to Jesus, he will never, ever let them down. Uh, I'll just share a story of a lady who rang, rang me um, about four or five months ago now uh, in connection with, she'd heard about Freedom in Christ, and she had been working over many years with a group of very broken people. And she lives um, uh, somewhere up uh, the north coast. Uh, and she had been providing this really safe place on a weekly basis for very broken people who would come in uh, to, to seek the Lord together. Um, and she had loved them extravagantly. And she had done things like pick them up in her car and taken them, you know, to, to church. And she had fed them and um, bought them books and taken them to conferences. And you name it, she had done it. <laughs> um, but she'd recognized that they weren't growing in their faith. And she was recognizing that the Lord was calling her to step out of that ministry. But the problem was she really found that very, very hard to contemplate uh, not being there for those people. She had been picking up their rucksacks. The problem was that they were not happy <laughs> with the fact that she may not be continuing to do that anymore. So we talked and shared and, uh, some truths about her serving out of her new identity in Christ knowing her responsibilities and what were not her responsibilities and helping her to work through some of that. And about four or five weeks ago, we, she, she went through her steps of freedom. Uh, she renounced false responsibility for anybody else's spiritual walk. She renounced the lie that her worth came from what she did, from ministering. 
and she developed a stronghold buster to help renew her mind. Uh, I spoke with her last Tuesday. Uh, she rang me again, and she's just finished her, her stronghold buster after 40 days. And she said, I only wish you could feel what I'm feeling today. I am so free. And she went on to say how she was able to handle a conflict. How she's, she's, able, she's actually been able to lay this ministry down because she feels the Lord is calling her somewhere else. But how she was able to handle a conflict with one very difficult situation with a, uh, a person who had been in that little group who just could not handle the fact that um, this lady wasn't going to be around providing those things anymore. And she was able to turn that into a real moment of ministry where she brought that person to the Lord. They met Jesus. And they, they, uh, they're going to be all right. So please don't misunderstand me. You know, let me assure you of what I'm not saying today. I'm not saying that we don't respond at all or that we do nothing when somebody is stuck or struggling in their spiritual walk. You know me by now. That's not what I'm saying. We were born for community living and we've got to be in community. But freedom and Christ have a great saying, and I love it. And it says, uh, Neil Anderson says, you alone can do it, but you can't do it alone. You alone can do it, but you can't do it alone. You see, together, if we're going to build this healthy community, we need to work out what we can and must do for one another, how to serve one another freely in love, but also what we can't and must not try to do for one another what we must say no to. So what can we do when someone's backpack is getting too heavy or when they try to maybe hand it over to you? Well, we can say, I can't do that for you, but I will stand with you as you go to Jesus. I will encourage you to get to Jesus. I will create space and time to help you to do that. Uh, I will help and encourage you to bring him those things that only he can meet the, your needs. Uh, I will pray with you. <laughs> I, I, I not, not necessarily always for you, but I will encourage you to pray. And I'll ask you, what are you praying for? And then I'll agree with you in what you're praying for. I will encourage you to be actively engaging with the truth and I will help you in that. What can we do as a community? We can commit to always be patient and kind and always accept and condemn no matter how many times people come. But we'll encourage you to pick up those tools that you've already been given. That spiritual toolbox that the Lord has given you to assimilate that teaching of leading and serving out of your new identities, that you don't need to get your needs met, but the Lord will do that. And then you'll be free to pass that on. Pick up things like your steps to freedom, where you can come to Jesus with your stuff. Someone can sit beside and help you to do that. Pick up things like a stronghold buster, where you're, you're taking responsibilities to renew your mind in the truth. This is such um, a beginning of such a great adventure for this 
local expression of the body of Christ. Uh, this is for the long term. This is something that he wants to share his heart, to display his glory, to manifest who he is through you together. But he wants you to come to him. And let's not create uh, uh, or um, allow false expectations and responsibilities to weigh us down and, and wear us out. Trying to meet things that we can't do. We don't have what it takes, but Jesus does have what it takes. Our goal is growing a healthy and vibrant, mature and fruitful community for the long term in which the presence of Christ will dwell and his glory will be revealed to display his kingdom on this earth. So let's help each other in this. This is a corporate response by agreeing to pick up our own, our own rucksack today. Daily picking up that rucksack and being agreeing together that we won't pick up each other's rucksacks and we won't ask anybody to do that for us. But agreeing also to encourage one another, to stand with one another, to help each other when those crushing burdens come, which you are so good at. I've asked Jillian uh, just to finish off with that uh, song, Christ is Enough for Me. And it was that little phrase in that song that struck me this week when I was thinking about it. Everything I need is in him. Sometimes we, that is so simple and so profound. We all know that at one level, don't we? But sometimes we forget that everything we need is in him. And sometimes we think we need more than Christ to get us through. But let's sing this um, as, a, as a declaration of we agree, Lord Jesus, that you and you alone, me and you together, that's enough. You're enough for me. Um, one of the things I'd like to do just before we sing that song, there's a couple of uh, we declaration and prayers that have lifted out of other things that we've done as Freedom in Christ in training and in, uh, in sharing together. And these are some um, prayers that you may want to consider praying. I'm going to ask everybody in a little minute to stand up and everybody just to, to share um, uh, these prayers together. As we stand, it's a corporate expression that we are standing together, that we are agreeing together to release anybody from an expectation that they need to carry my rucksack, but also a declaration that we're standing together to say, Today, if I haven't been picking up my rucksack, I'm going to do that with the Lord. And I'm going to seek him like never before until he comes, until he showers me with showers of refreshing and blessing. And so there's a couple of, uh, of slides there. Do you want to show the next one as well? Just so that folk, you know what you're going to be declaring and you're happy with it. So... I let go of the responsibility I feel for anyone else's spiritual growth. This is an amazing freeing thing to do. This is right and good, and this is the Lord's blessing and his inheritance for you today. I choose to believe the truth that their walk with the Lord depends on Jesus and how they respond to him, not me. I'm not called to fix 
anybody. Praise the Lord for that. He is the great fixer. So, you want to go back to that first slide then? Okay, let's stand and we'll just share these prayers together. Thank you. Okay, I renounce the lie that it's my job to fix people. I announce the truth that a child of God, I have received every spiritual blessing in Christ and I already have all I need for life and godliness. I renounce that it is the responsibility of each one of us to know and believe the truth for ourselves. To this end, I commit myself to come alongside others and encourage them in the truth. I let go of the responsibility I feel for anyone else's spiritual growth. I choose to believe the truth that their walk with the Lord depends on Jesus and how they respond to him. Amen. Thank you. Lord, I just want to bless each other today, Lord. I just want to speak your blessing over each one of our hearts today. Lord, I just feel you calling us to come closer to you, to bring our load of responsibilities, our daily rucksack that sometimes gets heavy, Lord. But, oh, Lord, we bless you that you are our good master and that you are able to make us stand. Make us stand today, Lord. Make us strong and steadfast, Lord. Cause our hearts to be united with yours. Wash us, cleanse us, lift the the loads that we have put on ourselves that are not a responsibility you've given to us, Lord. Help us to lay those down today, Lord, but help us to come and run back to you, Lord, and to acknowledge, Christ, you are all that we need. Everything I need is in you. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.